And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right, covering down on some major ground across the northern half of the beautiful state of Alabama. I'm talking about we go way on down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. Why do I say Mississippi like that? I don't, I don't know. Anyway, uh, hey, uh, uh, some of y'all are texting already with um, issues related to outages, uh, power outages. That storm that came through was uh, pretty significant. John from Huntsville says Huntsville Utilities needs to get his power back on. Okay, John, where are you? Just you know, uh, but um, but I do know this: Huntsville Utilities. You can actually go on their Facebook page, report an outage. They'll respond back to you personally. Um, I've seen that happen many times. So uh, be aware. And if I get something from Huntsville Utilities, I will let you know. Uh, we got a new texter, Nate from Newmarket, is already in the line. Uh, Boomer's plugging him in right now. Uh, Amanda from Decatur says, can you talk about, well, I'll talk about something if my text line comes back up. Can you talk about the gun laws they're trying to pass sometime? Amanda, did you not hear my triple dipper? <laughs> Number three of the triple dipper today is live free or die, talking about um, uh, the issues related to Second Amendment infringements that are happening left and right right now. Not the least of which, by the way, is the fact that um, – if I had a Discover card, I'd get rid of it right now. But the uh, the Discover card is going to be the very first credit card out there to report gun sales. And I don't like it. So there's that. Uh, yes, Amanda, so you, to answer your question, absolutely. I will be uh, dealing with uh, gun laws uh, here today on the show, assuming I can get all the way through my entire triple dipper, which is not always a given. <laughs> I mean, I make no guarantees. John from Huntsville will probably give me a C-plus if I don't get the whole triple dipper done today, but nonetheless. Um, Rita from Scottsboro uh, texted in, said Shears Road in Madison is half blocked because of downed trees and power lines. Avoid that if possible. Well, how about that? Um, she said it's, it's from, I'm, I'm trying to read this right, Seegers Road to about a mile from Alabama 20. So there you go. There's, there's roads in Madison. Just be aware. Shears Road is what she says it's called. I'm not familiar with Shears personally, but uh, anyway, Shears Road in Madison blocked because of downed trees. So be be uh, be advised. All right, hey, listen, uh, we're going to move into the uh, into the dipper here. Um, oh, actually, you know what? Huntsville Utilities just sent me something. Hang on a second. How about that? We have listeners at Huntsville Utilities. Huntsville Utilities says uh, latest update uh, we sent out to the media. Um, they don't have an ETA yet on specific restorations, but crews are working to have service restored as quickly as possible. I understand that. And their update is uh, they have 21 utility poles down, nine utility poles damaged, but not down. 44 power lines are down. Crews are working right now nonstop until they get everything back in place. It appears they have a total number of about 10,000 customers who are without power, which was 25,000 about an hour ago. So, all right. Good on you, Huntsville Utilities. Thank you very much. Appreciate you listeners. And I just made the announcement. Let me just, let me just thank them. All right. I'll say thank you. Got it. Bam. Technology is amazing. Um, that's the power of this show, too, by the way. As I speak, text messages come flooring in, floating in. Flo anyway, uh, Dylan from Athens. I, I may do the whole half hour just on uh, updates. <laughs> updates. Dylan from Athens says, uh, I-65 southbound is blocked by downed trees between the Athens exits. Okay, yeah, I know where that is. That's uh, In fact, the studio is right up there. Uh, RWVNN. Uh, studio, uh, part of our syndication family. Uh, WVNN's uh, 770 AM, 92.5 FM is right there off of one of the a Athens exits. And so, yeah, 
Anyway, 65 southbound blocked in part by trees. Be careful. That was some serious straight line winds that came through too, bud. I mean, we could see it here where we are. And by the way, it's beautiful now. It's like gorgeous. Yeah. The birds are chirping. I'm just saying. <laughs> just I'm looking it's out pretty. the window at the, at the beautiful golf course that we get to stare out at every day, even though Boomer and I don't play golf. Nope. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Number one of the Triple Dipper, the regular special session. Here's some things you need to know about what's about to happen next week because things are going to start moving next week and it's going to impact your life. Phil, what did you just say to me? I said things are going to happen next week. It's going to impact your life. So number one, the House and Senate, the Alabama legislature, goes into session on Tuesday. Tuesday evening, as per the norm, the governor, Kay Ivey, Governor Ivey will deliver her State of the State address. I've been to multiple State of the State addresses. Sometimes they're interesting. I sat up on the dais once with the, with the governor, um, uh, as, he, as Governor Bentley did his uh, State of the State. But, yeah, so sometimes – uh, there's the occasional like newsflash that we didn't know that was coming. And the governor said it in the speech. Other times it's just kind of perfunctory and you're waiting to hear. But so right now, what we're, what we're not seeing out of the governor's office is what I would call an agenda. Where is she, by the way? I mean, she's, she's hardly been visible here in recent weeks. Um, I did see she planted a tree on the governor's, I mean, on the uh, Capitol grounds with, uh, a group of high school students for Arbor Day. I'd forgotten all about Arbor Day. But if she planted a tree, okay. But I've, I've not been seeing a lot in terms of public appearances, making public statements, uh, trying to prepare the way for a legislative agenda coming into this uh, regular session of the legislature. Where, where is she? Um, that being said, she will be present Tuesday night to deliver her State of the State address in the old house chamber. Which, by the way, let me just encourage you guys. Uh, while I may take issue occasionally with things that happen in Montgomery, let me just point out, I love, um, I, I love state government. It, it, it's a passion for me. Uh, I, I spent eight years down there in Montgomery. I remember one time uh, the pro tem, Greg Reed, and I, a good friend of mine, we were walking down the street, and I looked over and I saw the Capitol, and there was kind of a beautiful day with those Capitol Dome uh, you know, superimposed over a blue sky. And I looked at him and I said, I hope I never get tired of this. Because the day that I quit seeing those kind of things and taking them as being special is the day that I've just become very jaded and I'm no longer paying attention. Um, so, so don't ever mistake, by the way, don't ever mistake me critiquing something that they do as in any way um, denigrating their service or, for that matter, uh, believing that uh, we don't need government. There are aspects of governance that have to have, they're biblical. Jesus said, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. He didn't say, don't pay Caesar a dime because he doesn't need to be in government. He didn't say that. It's scriptural that, that, that authority is established. All right, that being said, authority can also screw up. And accountability in the democratic government is the people. So next week, they convene. Every year, the legislature can only get together one time. It's called the regular session. If you're not familiar with how this works, just understand when you when you talk about your House and Senate members, they can't go down there and enact laws whenever they feel like it. They can't. They are only allowed to convene for the purpose of enacting the laws once per year, with the exception of every four years, they have a very brief three-day window called the organizational session. That's where they ele elect their leadership and that kind of and assign committees. But they don't pass laws during that. They just they just 
they take care of some administrative work. They come in for the regular session once a year. They have a very limited amount of time to work in, and the way they typically stage it, I mean, we go down there, and we'll be there. When I was in the legislature, I mean, we, we called it my full-time, part-time job. When we were in session, I was gone for three days, a week. And, and you go down there on Tuesday, you come back on Thursday, generally speaking. Now, sometimes you go in on Tuesday. We call it going in. Going in on Tuesday means you're actually in the chamber able to vote or, you know, deal with legislation or debate on the floor of the Senate. Wednesday was then reserved for committees. Committees meet all day long, depending on how many committees you were on. And I chaired and vice chaired multiple committees and sat on several more. There were times when I would go in, I'd have a, 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 one of my own bills in the House. I'd have to go downstairs, uh, uh, present it to a committee in the House, come back upstairs, chair my own committee, walk down the hall, sit on another committee, go back to my office for a half an hour to meet with constituents, walk down the hall to another committee, and then have a bill on the floor that evening. You know, so th th it can happen. But Wednesday is, generally speaking, just committee days in Montgomery. And then Thursday, they're back in the chamber again for depending upon how long they got, I mean, whatever they got on the agenda. Some weeks it's light. Some weeks it is like super heavy. We had all-nighters down there. I mean, don't think they go down there and frolic. No, I mean, there's, there's times when it's, it's slow because you don't have as much to deal with. Other days, though, you're there until the cows come home. Well, one of the things that's missing right now, though, is an agenda. So right now, coming into this particular session, we have 37 new lawmakers, 37. There's only 135 total, 140, I'm sorry, 140 total. So out of 140, you've got 37 that are new. I mean, you're literally looking at roughly a third of the legislature is brand spanking new, still trying to figure out where the bathrooms are in the state house. Still trying to figure out when they say a committee room, which floor is that on? I mean, it's a, it's a weird building too, by the way. It's like a, like a, some kind of a rat maze. I mean, <laughs> after a while, you get used to it. But pretty soon, you're running down this stairway, going down the hallway, getting on the next elevator, going up to the next floor, coming down the hallway again. And then you realize you got a shortcut. You can run through that room to get to the one you need. Anyway, it's nuts. But these lawmakers are all brand new. They're coming into a session. And, and to my knowledge, we have not seen an agenda. Um, when I say that, it doesn't mean that you know every bill. I mean, you get, you get literally thousands of bills we call it dropped in. So here's some of the language of the session. Dropped in this in basically means a bill's been introduced for consideration. Sometimes they get dropped in and they go nowhere. They get dropped in and they get its first reading on the floor of either the House or the Senate. They get a first reading and that's literally they take the bill and the clerk of the, of the House will or the House of the Senate will actually read the introduction to the bill and say what committee it's being assigned to. So the bill's dropped in on day one. The quickest it can get to a committee is day two, but generally not. And the quickest it can get a second reading when it has to come back reported out of committee is the, the third day. So you might get a bill literally in the system and, and, and to the point where the legislature can consider it on the floor of one of the bodies in one week, but that's faster than normal. Just... Anyway, and then it starts to go downstairs and do the same thing over again. What you got? Uh, I have a question. Yeah. Okay, so I'm still trying to learn the process. Yeah. Maybe some other people I are spent, too. I spent eight years <laughs> down there, and I'm still trying to learn the process. So when you say drop in, does that mean it's the House that drops it in or the Senate that drops it in, or can both of them drop in a bill? Both. They yeah, both, both can. Yeah, both so can. So it would go from one to the other then. 
Yeah, and there's certain things that are reserved to have to start in one or the other, okay. like um, bills that deal with taxation or the increase of taxation um, have to originate in the House. That's just the way it works. Okay. Uh, but uh, And then certain bills, like if there was a, we almost impeached Governor Bentley, uh, the referral of articles of impeachment would have to originate in the House and come up to the Senate. All right, but generally speaking, and a lot of times you have what's called a companion bill. So you don't know which body of the legislature is going to move it quicker. And so you have the same bill, a Senate version and a House version. Mm -hmm. And you drop them in in both places. And they start moving. And they might actually cross paths on the way as they transmit from the House to the Senate or the Senate to the House. It's called the companion bill. And then it's just a, it's just a race to the floor. Which one gets to the floor first is the one that wins. <laughs> but but you, you, you typically will have joint sponsorship. Like I had, uh, let me think of one. Uh, myself and Representative Mac Butler both co-sponsored companion bills for um, uh, a pro-life bill. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're both on the on the list as having been the sponsors. Um, but it was his House bill that was the one that actually passed. Um, oh, because it got through first. It got through first. Got it. Yeah, okay. it goes through both bodies of the legislature, and then it gets transmitted across the street to the governor. The governor then has to sign it for it to come law. And then the governor has the opportunity to veto and send it back with, with changes or to do what's called a pocket veto, which means eh, the governor has let it lay in the basket and never did a thing with it, and then it died on its own. That's called a pocket veto. Put it in their pocket and walked away. Hmm. Those are aggravating. I'm guessing that happens a lot. Uh, not as much as you might think, because the executive branch doesn't want to tick off the legislative branch too much. Got it. So, I mean, at some point, they got to work together. Mm -hmm. So unless they're in opposite parties and opposed to each other on certain things, or the governor's holding a bill hostage till he's waiting, waiting for something else to happen, um, that can happen. Um, I'm giving you all, this, all the skinny here, man. This is, yeah. this, these are all the tactics. All the tactics. So when it goes to the governor, is it one of those things where you follow up with the governor? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Like, governor? All the time. You plan hey. on signing that, like, in our lifetime? What are you doing? It, what's it doing just sitting there? Yeah. <laughs> and the, But the also, by the way, you, the, I've seen the House and Senate get opposed to each other. Oh. And, like, I, I have seen it before where a House bill, which uh, the House is not passing our Senate bills, but they chose to pass theirs. And they sent it upstairs, and then it sat in the pro tem's basket. We call it sitting in the basket. It never got out of the basket. It just sat there. It just sat there until the House decided to start passing some of our Senate bills. That kind of crap happens all the time. It's crazy. There's a process. But once you learn the rules, once you learn the process, it's amazing what you can get done. Hmm. Boomer, look at the clock. I know. I was just seeing it. <laughs> Play me a new bump and take us to a break. Oh, all right. One. We'll come right back. Keep talking about this. I, I didn't even get into the meat of it yet, but we're going to have Stephanie Smith on, too, at the top of the hour to talk about what we think might be coming in the session because right now we have no agenda to work with at all. All right, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. You guys stay tuned. More civics lesson when we get back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid and conservative and just plain right. So uh, next week uh, marks the, the, the beginning of the next round of lawmaking, all right? There's only, there's only one thing that the legislature is constitutionally mandated to do, and that's pass the budgets. 
By the way, Alabama has the most archaic budgeting system in the entire nation. We are one of the only states that exists that has two budgets. So everything in the world education is in what's called the ETF, the Education Trust Fund. And uh, Senator Arthur Orr is one of the budget chairmen there. Uh, and then um, you've got uh, the other budget is everything else in the world it takes to run the state that's not education. Everything from mental health and roads and bridges and, you know, state troopers and whatever, and, and, just, and funding the governor's office and all of it comes into what's called the general fund. And the general fund is always woefully uh, behind in terms of the amount of money available to do so because Alabama has the most earmarked budgeting processes in the nation. Something like 91% of all funds that can be appropriated by the legislature are already designated for where they have to go. So the legislature really, while it may have, you know, eight to nine billion dollars worth of appropriating to do, truthfully, that's a drop in the bucket when you consider how many things are in place that are already, you know, outside of their control. All right, that being said, the only constitutional mandate for the legislature is to pass a budget. They could technically come into session, pass the budget, and go to the House. Be done. Go, go home. Just call her done. What generally happens is they come in and they, they have all the other stuff, which, you know, some of it's good, some of it's fluff, some of it's silly, some of it's ridiculous. And, 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 I, and I'll, I'll tell you truthfully, uh, there were times in Montgomery when we spent as much time stopping bad legislation as we did trying to pass good legislation. Plus, you always hear, well, there's second and third order effects of this. You don't know what the unintended consequences are. Well, I, I hesitate to say this, but sometimes you don't know what the unintended consequences are. That's why every year a large chunk of what is, gets passed by the legislature is actually an amendment to prior legislation because somebody realized something should have been added or taken away or done differently. Anyway, that's all going to start next week. Here's the problem I've got. The problem i got right now is nobody knows what their real intent is for this coming legislative session. In 2010, when the Republicans took over from the Democrats, and the Democrats had held the State House for 136 straight years, we came in with an agenda. It was called the Handshake with Alabama. You can go look it up. I've got a piece here just off WSFA from August of 2010. Yep. The, the Handshake with Alabama was the name of our agenda, and we came in there and it included all kinds of things like tax incentives to help create jobs, uh, uh, making lobbyists have to report what they spend on officials, giving the Ethics Commission subpoena power. Um, and we, we, we did a bunch of stuff, and we, and we emasculated the teachers' union, and I'm not afraid to say it. All of that was an actual printed agenda that we put our names on, and we said we're going to do these things. I am not hearing anything out of the governor's office or the legislature, for that matter, of an agenda. I'm hearing the one-offs. Well, we might do this. Well, we might do some of that. I don't know yet, but I believe a good bill may come up. School choice, we don't know. Uh, tax reform, tax rebates, we, we don't really know. Uh, we've got, you know, a billion dollars in ARPA money to spend. Well, more on that. We'll talk about that with Stephanie Smith. But I'm going to tell you, there's a whole lot that's going to start happening next week. And ain't nobody knows what the plan is right now. Bill Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back.
all you right side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. 